Jim, isn't it amazing when Michigan can keep this game to a 19-foot, 9-inch game inside that three-point line, it's all there. Nice throw by Steve Fisher here. Turn it into the 19-9 game. Welcome to the 19-9 podcast. This is Josh Barnett with High Volume Shooters. And I'm here with my buddy Dan Woods, and I have my two idiot cousins in the other room being straight-up assholes. Uh, and we're going to try to get through this as best we can. We are going to talk about the second tier of Blue Bloods, for those of you that tuned in to the first, uh, the, the first pod that we had, what was that, last Sunday that we were down A here? A week ago. A week ago. So we were down here talking about the Blue Bloods, and we posted that, and then we wanted to come back and kind of get the, the second one, so... We might sound a little distracted. That's because we have some, like I said, assholes in the other room that live. are live. I mean, this is like, I feel a lot of pressure. I'm actually sweating underneath. All my, I'm all, super nervous. Nice Paul Pierce jersey on, though. The Paul uh, Pierce jersey is legit. 1995 Kansas. Great jersey. And the All-Star game is going on also. You look good in it, though. I mean, I do pull it off. Michigan, Michigan long sleeve on top, underneath it too. I would like to see it without the long sleeve underneath it. Well, Is that possible? Not, not quite yet. <laughs> how, how many pounds away are we from that? Seeing that happen, twenty, twenty, 20 pounds, twenty pounds. Okay. I fluctuate. We're all cheering for you, Dan. <laughs> Costa Rica in three weeks. <laughs> Holy shit! I cannot wait to see those vacation pics. Hopefully of you in that jersey and nothing else. You got it. <laughs> All right, so run run down real quick the schools that we talked about last time when we were talking about our, our top tier Blue Bloods as it currently stands. Was, there, there were some controversial picks. Yeah, so you, we go, we'll go Kentucky 1 because you sold me on Kentucky 1. We went Carolina 2 and Kansas 3. We said those three were untouchable. Those three are just the ultimate. But we had to put Duke in as the fourth because they have five titles and – what they've done since 92 is just – it's incredible. Yeah, they're they're kind of like the new blood, though, in a way. But but not really, you know, because I don't know. It's such a tricky thing, right? Because it's it's our lifetime. We only know our lifetime, really. Um, and then you think about, like, where do where do blue bloods start? And, and I think our, our, our one – the one thing that we agreed on was the UCLA stuff um, and how uh, – Get out of here. Don't worry about that. <laughs> how how UCLA was the past glory UCLA teams as opposed to what's been going on there. And, um, you know, do they, they get their blue blood status from John Wooden, uh, but are they, they a truer blue blood than a Duke? And I think that's what you have to look at with Duke because Duke right now, maybe in 20 years when this whole Coach K thing is going and it goes from there and they fall off the map, then you take them out because you can say that that 30-year run was just by the greatest coach maybe in the sport of all time. Yes. So I think that's where you're like you, – you, but Duke has to be in there. I mean, so, literally can't. So how, how do you work yourself into becoming a blue blood, I guess is my question. Has to be longevity, has to be titles, has to be consistency. Home court advantage, too, is a massive one. That's why UCLA, to me, they don't have all those things now. And I guess it's just it's, – it's it's so subjective, though. Right. But I feel like the – like, I, I think of it like old money versus new money. For sure. It, it's 100%, right? Because the old money – if you go old money, then UCLA's in 100%. Yeah, but I also think that the wooden stuff has to taint it a little bit with everyone knowing that 
it was just different there. I mean, guys were staying. Yeah, but we we, we went over this. I know. Who gives a shit? I, I don't give a cheats. shit. I, I'm with you on that. But since then, yeah, they're such a tricky one. They are literally like the ultimate. I mean, Howland has three straight Final Fours in the 2000s. I know. They won a Crazy. title in 97. Like, it's just it's such a hard 95. thing. Yeah, 95. Zona won in 97. Yeah. If you come, if you step into this podcast, you better come correct. I, I was wrong about that. So <laughs> UCLA, okay, that makes me feel good. To okay, you. I'll put Duke and UCLA right there. Like they have to stay. Duke and UCLA have to be. They're the same thing, just op, just backwards. Right. In that, that's fascinating though. But they have to be in the first. Those three, the original top, the original three we went through are the are the ultimate. But Duke can you, you can't throw them both out. They have what. You would never debate that UCLA is basketball royalty. No. You, you can't debate it. No. Right? And you would never debate that Duke was basketball royalty. No. But the question becomes is, who is a college blue blood? And you probably, honestly, if, if a gun to your head, you're going, you're probably going to say both. But you can, you can honestly make the argument with UCLA that it's lightning in a bottle with wooden. But what you're saying and is a great point is we might be saying the same thing about Duke 30 years from now. Yeah, I mean, you can't – you have a hard time looking at that one. But the thing about UCLA is even though they haven't won a lot lately, they still get guys going there. And I think part of being a blue blood is there is a little part of that where your players that come there have a ton of success in the NBA too. Sure. It's kind of like the Jordan-Carolina sure. thing. And if you look at UCLA, who they've sent to the league in the last 20 years – it's a bunch of cats too, right? So I think, but but that's so. But that's okay. Bringing this back because we 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 could do the exact same podcast that we did already yeah. all over again and have for probably completely different points, um, which would kind of be funny and fun. And then I could keep having you back and we do the same shit over and over again. <laughs> My and wife everybody's is like, love this. <laughs> and everybody's gonna be like. <laughs> Do these guys talk about anything different than that? <laughs> but but to bring it back, that that's what stood out to us about the three that we picked last time. Yeah, was the continued success that that we picked it, it, because Kansas is interesting because they don't have as many national titles as some of the the teams that we left out. No, but they have the conference dominance. They have the win in every decade. Uh, Box checked. And they have 40 straight years of Roy Williams and Bill Self. Like, it's ultimate consistency. It's insane. It's, it's, it's plus un- Fall Gallon. Yeah. Plus Pay Heat. The history sign. of all the stuff. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just, it's all there. It checks all the boxes, right? Yeah. So, like, the national championship, because we're going to get into our second tier. I want to start with Michigan State. Yeah. It's kind of where I want to start because I think Michigan State just remains firmly on that bubble of basketball blue button. Honestly, if I had to say, I would put him in in as a as a blue blood. You know what I mean? Because I I I think the way we're doing it is weird to me. Because I wouldn't tier blue blood programs. I would just say you are a blue blood. You aren't a blue blood. Um, but that's not fun for the podcast. You no. know what I mean? But but Michigan State two titles. Right, seventy nine, two thousand, last Big Ten team to win a Which national is title. Unbelievable for that league to go twenty years without a title. A joke, right? I mean, that sucks. It really does. It sucks. It it, it is. It's unbelievable. Michigan State's been to a ton of Final Fours. Well, is it eleven under Izzo? It, it's crazy, crazy amount. The stat, but for he him. but he takes some teams that shouldn't get there. Always there. 
you know. And so when when he gets kind of that that rub of like, yeah, Izzo always goes to the Final Four, but rarely wins. It's like, well, he's getting there. That's insanely hard. It, it's what. It is insanely hard, and he's done it a bunch of different ways. Like, he has evolved to a place where he's had some really good one-and-dones, too. Like, Jaron Jackson was a freak. Was Randolph a one-and-done, too? Yes. Yeah. So he's had, But he's also been a good developer. So there's a stat out there of him. I think he's had one class ever where they've had, if you stayed there for four years, only one class he's ever recruited. Didn't play for a final four. Didn't play for a like, final four. How, how do you throw that out? Because and Coach K's had that going too, or has had that going to, on a similar uh, thing too, which was like crazy. Too. But, I mean, I don't know what where it stands now, but but, it was, but Izzo to to his he wasn't. I mean, he's developed a bunch of guys. A few one and done. He's not and stacking there. the deck with. The yeah, one he's and not done. pulling like the first, second, fourth but overall the K- players. Kentucky Duke way. Yeah, and but he still went out and got the. The great player, Mike Bridges was a high-ranked guy. Jaron Jackson was a high-ranked guy. Like he still got those guys. Uh, Gary Harris was a, was a. I loved Gary Harris in I, high school. I thought he was the best Hamilton football player. Southeastern. Oh, he was unbelievable wide receiver too. And you know he was super young too, right? Really? Yeah. So he was like when he. I'll get this wrong, but when he graduated, what are you normally when you graduate high 18, school? Almost so like, eighteen, I think he was like sixteen and a half when he graduated high school, like or seventeen. Like he he for sure stayed. was like a full year to a year and a half behind. Super young. Was he Mr. Basketball? Yes. And then Irvin won the and next then year. Irvin was the next year. Yeah. Back, I watched Irvin play. I watched those guys play. Uh, I think it was Lawrence Central when they had uh, Jeremy Holloway. Yeah. And that was uh, I got, those guys are freaks. That was a different level of high Your school basketball. Your hair like silky smooth, unbelievable. And it's Zach silky, Harris, silky smooth. You know, I'm a, I'm, Zach Irvin, I'm sorry, was a, I'm a, as a Michigan, Michigan guy, loved like 18 footer, like coming off the screen, like just <laughs> unbelievable. Get out of here. But for, but unbelievable those two guys. But Izzo, I mean, like Cassius Winston is going to go down as one of the great Big Ten point guards, and he he's been over recruited almost early part of his career. Yeah. So Izzo's a big develop. He has to be. He's he's the leader of the second tier to me. Where's this Michigan State team going this year? You talk about a weird team. They are. It's just odd. And, and Tillman. But, Tillman's but, the way they go. But he's been very very average lately. But I can tell you this right now. You and I both won't be shocked if we're doing this podcast and for the Final Four and we're talking about Michigan State. Being you don't want to see them as like a four just, or five seed at just, all. Like no. You don't bet against Izzo and, either. And Cassius Winston. Until this past game against Michigan, he's he's averaged like twenty eight eight and four against them, and just absolutely killed them. Right when they had good teams, I too. always feel like those teams got to get out of the Big Ten. And it, like if you're in the Big Ten, just get out of the Big Ten and make it to the tournament. Get there. Forget what happens in the Big Ten. Get in the tournament and just see what happens because most of the time the Big Ten does really well. Now we just talked about how they've been on this drought, this national championship drought. But if you look at their overall record through you know, in those twenty years in in the tournament, it, it shines a a very favorable light on the on the conference. And it's been by, by multiple different schools, as IU's kind of been in a lull for almost twenty years too. So you think about that's probably arguably one and two the best the best program in the Big Ten, and they've been not great for twenty years. So you think about like the consistency of the league to have multiple teams go to Final Fours, even without IU. Is it crazy to you 
Like it's crazy to me to remind myself that IU is three clear of everybody in the Big Ten on national championships. <laughs> Knight, when he got there, so it's the exact opposite of Izzo. When Knight got there, he won. Yeah, and that that's what part of like his like he got there, unbelievable. Izzo's taking some bad teams. I shouldn't say bad because bad is not fair. And got to a final four, and that for them was like the ceiling. Like that was as good as they were. They well, were like, going to. IU hasn't teams. been to many final fours. That's no. I that's think they've the been thing. to eight. Eight. Yeah. Eight. We just won five of them. You can't say we. We. Yeah. You graduated there. It's okay. You can say <laughs> if you graduated there, you can say that. Don't forget whose podcast this is, dude. <laughs> you don't. You do not make the rules around here, buddy. Eighty nine fifty. Eighty nine sixty four. Sixty five. That's all right. That's all, all right. right. So so Michigan State has to be in there. They're, yeah. They're, because they're it's, a, it's a con- and plus it's they a have Kansas. the icon. Yeah. That, I mean I think that means something like UNC with Jordan. Uh, you have Michigan State with Magic. And, and it helps to have a, an icon. And they beat Indiana State and Larry Bird. So that's like that that game is very famous too. So that's it's you held. You sit back and think about like how that all shaped up, and to carry on into the Celtics Lakers. And it's just like were we just like blessed by the basketball gods that this shit came together. So I listened to the Bill Simmons podcast after Kobe died. I was in and the YMCA listening to it. And he talks about how those guys save basketball, which is before my time. I'm born yeah. in 85. He's like, those guys coming into the league, and it carries over from a final, from a championship game or Indiana State versus Michigan State. Like, who cares about Indiana State basketball ever yeah. until later? Well, I mean, read those two books. So the two books over there I have uh, is When March Went Mad, um, which is about that 79 game, and then Bird uh, when the game was ours, Bird and Magic. Uh, and it just it kind of just it takes you through all of it, um, and it's it's incredible. I mean, it's incredible. And then you can even extend it to the Dream Team book that I have over there too, and see the respect that those dudes had. You're a big reader, thing. huh? You're a big reader. Uh, yeah, as long as they don't use too many big words, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> no, man, I, I I can't get enough of that type of stuff, though. You know what I mean? Because it, it, because like you said, it's, it's a little bit before our time. So I was young, growing up when that stuff was happening. Like it's always funny to me when people were born after the Dream Team. Like when somebody tells me that their birthday wasn't till like '96 or something, I'm like, you realize you missed the Dream Team, the greatest like that's, team that's, ever that's, assembled. It's the first thing that I come back with, I'm like, I, I almost can't even respect you as a person because you missed the Dream Team. How do you miss the dream and, team? And it's so funny because young guys now will sit there and be like, LeBron better than Jordan, not even close. I'm like, not even close, like <laughs> easy with the disc- – like relax, <laughs> like take it back. It's like, like the redeem team better than the dream team. Like really, really, really good team. And don't get me wrong, comparing eras is difficult. It is but, very difficult. But the dream team, like you cannot – I don't know how you beat them. Okay, so it's, uh, we're going to we're gonna deviate from the pod a little bit here yeah. because it, it just kind of caught me. But – um, comparing the eras, it's what's going to make Jordan the best ever for forever. Yeah, because he came on at the perfect time. Because he came on in the the age of athleticism when when athletes were starting to dominate, and he was the best. Athlete, He's a player right? from today's world. Twenty five years before his time, like we wa- I watched Dr. J highlights. No disrespect to Dr. J, but he's not Michael Jordan. But without Dr. J, you don't get Michael Jordan, yes. right? So Dr. J came on at the right time. Oscar Robertson came on at the right time. But all of that was the evolution to Jordan. And since then, the evolution hasn't been that great of a leap. I think 
for the league as a whole, it has been. But for your great, I don't think there's much difference between LeBron and Jordan. Honestly, no. from an athleticism no. standpoint. A build, yes, but but Jordan had that frame, right? He was strong as shit. He was 6'6". Six, six. Never missed games. Didn't miss games. And I know it's a different time. Athleticism, but, he... but basketball skill, he combined them seamlessly. He just came at the – like, tw- if he comes 15 years before the 84 draft, 85 draft, whatever it was, it, it's different. It's We're probably talking about Kobe that way. Yes. You know what I mean? It's just a crazy-ass thing to think about. I, I just – I always find myself wondering there of, of how these people just kind of came about at the time they came about. And, and, and I, it's why – I guess my original point is it's why I don't see Jordan ever being surpassed. Like, no, literally in, ever. In the six for six. Like, six titles, six MVPs. Any, any Okay, but even that. Go back and give Bob Cousy six MVPs and six finals appearances and stuff, and you're still thinking like – no respect to Bob Cousy, but he's not walking out on this NBA All-Star floor that we're watching tonight and doing anything. No, no not at all. But I also think that's part of, like, the Jordan. It's, 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 the, it's the whole thing with him. Like, the fact that he's hit, he's hit big shots to win, to win titles. He was the dog in the league. He did the dunk contest. He was, like, the face, like, the Jordan brand shoes. Like, he is an entire package that has set the trend for everybody – but he was just 20 years before everyone athletically and skill-wise. If you put him in this NBA game today, he, he's still unbelievable. But he's not hes not a ton different than all those but, guys. But these but these guys aren't who they are without Jordan coming when he came, too. It, and Jordan's not who he is without Dr. J yeah. and Oscar. And those, it's just a phenomenal, like, endless conversation yes. to have because it's, because the it's fascinating. Between, the difference between Jordan and number two of his – era which i don't know who you're gonna call it is the difference between lebron and kevin durant and lebron and those guys is very minuscule very 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 small the difference between jordan and two is not even talk it's not even a discussion <laughs> from like 88 yeah, to you know nine, like there is no who's number two like doesn't right. matter like kevin durant could be considered you know when he was healthy and for rolling, sure he's as good as there's ever he been he was coming for the throne LeBron's yeah. throne, 100%. And, like, it's why I think LeBron needs to get his due from older guys because the dude is in his, what is it, 18th, 17th year in the league? Yeah. And he never misses games. He's been the best player in the league or a top three for 15 straight years. So uh, that's part of, like, my, I, I have another question for you, but I, I, I can't do it because I think we got to save it for another pod oh. because we're getting way too All far right. off base. I'll, I'll bring it up off mic, and we'll see if we want to do one. Because I think I could do a whole 30 minutes by myself. I think it. I know what it's going to be, but go back to this. All right, so Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State, we already talked IU. We already talked UCLA. We're, there's two others on our list that we wanted to talk about tonight. Go for the first one. Okay, let's go UConn. Cause we did, Bing we, Gordon jersey? We, uh, Can we talk about yes, that? Yes, he brought me a Bing Gordon jersey. I don't really know if I own it now. It's not, it, you it's, do, and it's not even bullshit. Like, it's legit, <laughs> like, nice, good jersey. And I am now a proud owner of a double XL Bing Gordon. Tall. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Arnie Yunker. That's who we got it from. <laughs> Man, no, I think it's legit. But UConn, we we hit on UConn in the first pod that we did last week. We we actually talked a decent amount yeah. about them. Um, what's what hurts UConn hurts in quotation marks hurts UConn in the blue blood conversation is they got these shit so fast. 
Like, you know yeah. what I mean? They just got him so quick. They were stacked right up against each other. Uh, one basically seamlessly, like, right after another. Every three, four years, they were winning another one. Um, but very little before that, which is really super interesting. And nothing school. after the Ali. I mean, Ali got fired after winning one. Sure. But really now, nothing after that. And I mean. now struggling a little bit, too. And but, I like, I love Hurley. I do love Hurley. And getting and, back to where get, they needed to be in the back talk, of the league. Yeah, yeah we huge. talked a little bit about that because you can recruit the East Coast now. Yeah. Being in the Big East and in that stuff, that's going to help. No disrespect to the American, but it's not the Big East. So it was it was the number one talked about conversation that people text me about after listening to the pod. Was because a lot of young people, like younger than me, like my brother in law was brought up and he ended up sending me the clip of when somebody goes, Jim Kyle, how how does it feel to be the highest paid coach? Yeah. You know what yeah, you should yeah. do? You should shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a minute long and I start dying laughing. Love it. But we start talking about and, and we talk about the icons. Ray Allen. Like you talk about guys. Rip. Yeah, like you talk about guys going to the league. Kimba. I, I'll never forget. I was at Ike and Jonesy's because I always went to the Big Ten tournament with Kevin yeah, Canterbury. Yeah. And we go there. And we're, we're at Ike and Jonesy's and we're sitting there drinking, having a good time. Like, and it's a six overtime game. Yes. And Syracuse. It's like, yes. And I'll never forget that. Like, it was just, and UConn in the Big East tournament. I mean, unbelievable what they would do, too. So we we're gonna do because we're going out to the Big East this year. Did you did yeah, I tell you, you that? You mentioned that last week. Yeah, so we're going out to the Big East. So I think Meyer and I are gonna do a podcast before we leave uh, on that Georgetown Iverson UConn Ray Allen where he jumps up. Oh shit! I have no idea what I'm about to do. Am I gonna pass him my shoe? Throw it up there and it rolls in. And I was I loved Iverson. Don't get me wrong. And I love oh, Georgetown yeah. and I love John Thompson and everything he stood for, but. If you've listened to our podcast, you know that me and Meyer love Ray Allen. Like, love, love Ray Allen. <laughs> Where does your love come from for Ray Allen? I don't know. He was so awesome at UConn, though. And I think it's because he was a shooter. Uh, I bought his shoes that he had at UConn. He's a big shoe guy. Wes used to wear the shorts. He loved those UConn shorts that, uh, that they wore that we actually recreated. Um, and a lot of people were asking when our shorts are going to be back in stock March, just for a quick, quick plug there. Cause plug. I'm, getting, I'm getting killed on email and social <laughs> media. It's coming. There's a reason for the fire cell. There's a reason that we're shutting things down. It'll all make sense in March. And that's all I can say on it. But, um, and we have two new Yukon pairs coming, uh, in March too. So. Anyways, I don't know. I think that's where it comes from. For for me too, though, it, it was I went and saw them up in Indy. So when UConn was the number one seed in the NCAA tournament, they they got sent to the Midwest, and so my mom took me and LC out of Brian Claiborne out of school. We got to drive up there, and we had really good seats for whatever reason. I don't know how we got them, but we had like seats behind the basket, a few rows up. But when they were warming up, they would let all the kids go down to like on the floor, like right right. You know, still in the stands, yeah. but like right next. To this dude, Ray Allen. Let me just tell you, <laughs> you're laughing <laughs> because I'm getting animated you're, over you here. Getting excited, and I got my hands moving. <laughs> glided, glided. He didn't run. He, he didn't move side to side. He glided. He moved differently than every other person on every other team in every other game that we watched. And then that's when I was kind of like, 
you know, that dude right there, number 34, Ray Allen, like, I'm pretty sure he's going to be a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Jesus Shuttlesworth? I mean, it, it was incredible. And, and, and obviously, Silky Smooth in his release in a jump shooter. You know, Iverson was – Iverson, like our namesake, high-volume shooter. Iverson was a high-volume shooter, right? <laughs> but he was a dog. He would just go Aww. get it. Just go get it. And I loved him for that. And I loved him for being a high-volume shooter and stuff. Ray Allen was just one of those, like, he was – just beautiful to watch. He's a complete package. He's, People he's, think of him as a shooter late in his career, but he's actually like a great athlete. Uh, incredible. He's in dunk contests and everything. He was but incredible. people forget that, especially younger people. Like, oh, Ray Allen's just one of the greatest shooters of all time. No. Ray Allen is like one of the great guards who great could do it all. Players too. of the generation. Yes. And so was Iverson. They were just two completely different players, and I kind of gravitated more towards for uh, more towards Ray Allen. And I and honestly, just for an Indiana kid, it was just because he he was silky smooth. With his Iverson shot. stepping over Tyron Lue is one of my favorite things of all. But time. See, I love Georgetown Iverson so. No much tatted more. up Iverson. I just I I love I love Concord Jordan eleven Ooh, wearing right. Iverson. I love tip dunk Iverson. When I did love, you first? I get... love two time Big East Defensive Player of the Year Allen Iverson. Not we're not we're talking about practice. Not not a game we love. Uh, I loved him in Philly too. Yeah. Although I had a hard time getting past those terrible ass jerseys they wore that had the shoulder pad, you know, shoulder width. Eric Snow. Like, good God. Is it Eric, really? If Eric Snow walked in here right now, you would shoot him for dollars and have no fear that you were gonna lose. <laughs> so Allen Iverson. Oh. When was the first time you got a Concord? First time you got Concords. First time I got the Concords was the story I told on this podcast. It was whenever it was, 2012, probably, yeah. 2011. I didn't have them originally. There's me a whole neither. backstory before it. I, I don't right, want to get fair. into it. but uh, And there's a whole story of me getting them, too. And then I just got the, the recent ones that came out last year or whatever it was, two years ago. They're still on ice. I usually wear all my stuff. I haven't worn those yet. I still have, I still have a pair sitting in the in – the, I just got the white and military blue. I'm going to wear them. Our next podcast, I'll wear them. I'll bring my turtle doves. Yeah. yeah. I haven't wore those. All right. We need to do a shoe pod. That was my favorite because I'm actually in shoes. See, this is the problem with our asses, though. We we come down here and we just start talking. All right. So, so UConn to finish up, that 20-year run, which the tier, you have four titles. It's, inc- it's insane. It's incredible. It's incredible. But but where do they go from here, and what what did they have before? I I know there was a little history there before, but there were no national championships and stuff, and that's what that's why you have to knock them to the that second tier. That's why we're talking about more now. But um, Man, I mean, they kept shit. sending guys too. They kept sending guys and guys. I mean, Charlie Villanueva, who's a really good good college player, six eleven. I mean, they had Boone on the, one of those teams too. Like they're, like he had Okafor is a big, yeah. So he had a bunch of bigs, really good guards too. And the, but is it the night effect? Yeah, it has to be. Maybe you, you don't know yet because no. time hasn't time hasn't like borne that out. I think Hurley getting them back in the Big East will be a big tell for them where they go from here. Yes, because if they if they struggle, because I think next, he's a good coach. I yeah, really do. if they struggle for the next ten years and they go to third, they go to third, even with four titles. I think I think you can you, I think you can call it on IU with Knight. 
I think we've had enough. Yeah. <laughs> time after. Took a bath. No, I do think IU will eventually get back, and For IU sure. will eventually have some runs. Took and a took a Danny Fulton called me the other day. Goes, how do you guys think IU's up there? I'm like, come on. Fulton always he thinks, argues to yes. me about that. He said he said uh, Raleigh is a way better. Like Bloomington's a terrible town. I'm like. You can say a lot that, of that's things. That's where your argument but ends. That's crazy. Like Bloomington is one of the I hate IU like athletics and Michigan. Bloomington's as cool as you can get. Greatest it's co- great awesome. college town. Great college town. We won't go there. Right, IU is on, on the list. We've already beat that one to death. We talked the about the last one. Yeah, we talked about this the, this team though. We we did talk about them on the not on a the ton too. Yeah, so it was is Nova. And Nova's Nova is like very parallel to Michigan State, I think. Yeah, I mean, I really do because they have that that one title in '85 that was like out of nowhere. legendary. Yeah, but it's really not maybe out of as out of nowhere as you think if you kind of trace that team or follow that team or, or watch any of the documentaries and stuff. It's '85, right? Yeah, '85. Yeah, um, but still, nobody expected them to beat Georgetown. You know, Hoya paranoia and all that that good stuff, which is awesome. We'll talk about Georgetown more. They gotta go somewhere. Next pod. They gotta be around there, right? <laughs> they gotta be. <laughs> but but then the the recent success, and then Jay Wright, right? Because Jay Wright's gonna be your knight, your Izzo, your uh, Calhoun, perhaps. Um, Jay Wright. I mean, he's already dog. got two. He's a dog. He's already got two. So how how much? Long, I don't even know how old he is. Mid forties. Probably, probably late forties. Gotta be later. Later forties. He dresses well too. Yeah, he does a nice job over there on the sidelines, looking dapper. But man, he doesn't. But so so I mean, but but then again, you don't know like Knight and Calhoun are like basketball dudes. Like that was their life. You never know, you know, if he wants to say like, "Hey, I've had my run. I'm done." You know, you just don't know yeah. in the future. If, there's so many more opportunities out there for coaches. Like the, the like I can I can totally and I don't know him at all. Don't know the situation. Don't follow no. it at all. But I I can see him going the Al McGuire route and in, in, in retiring a little bit younger to be able to do other stuff and, and things like that. You see, know? It, so it's it's what is kind of funny about we talk about some of these blue blood jobs where they just have so much like the history is forever there, the expectations are through the roof. Like I don't think that's the same with Jay Rod at Villanova. I think he's created a lot of the expectations. Sure. Kind of like where Bennett has it at Virginia, like this is what we do, like this is how we are. And Wright's kind of done that there too, where he's not at a place like Kansas or a place where these expectations are through the roof. Like you have to recruit really well, you have to do this. And I don't think he's ever leaving either. I think that's no. really important too. It's not a not any kind of stepping stone. I mean, he's got shit rolling. Yeah. What job does he even think about? I mean, if Duke ever there, goes outside the family, maybe. But, but I don't think he wants but why? that. No, he doesn't. I just can't see it. And he's a big. Now, if he if he didn't have any national championships at Villanova. Maybe you take that to to say like, hey, I you know I can compete for national chip. He's doing that. He's yeah. doing that. He recruits at a high level too, like a really really high level. It's interesting. It's interesting uh, how much emphasis is put on Villanova, you know, with the Big East and stuff too. So all those teams and all those coaches and all those players respect the shit out of what they're doing at Villanova because it's helping that conference a ton too. Because there's no football. No, it's basketball only. Basketball is the only thing they have. Right, which is awesome. And Jay Wright is a perfect fit for the East Coast. Like that, he always talks about like the the Northeastern guards. So right. I, you know, like that's kind of where he is. Like, what else is he gonna go take? That's gonna so so they have they have three natties, 
right? Yep. I'm not sure how many Final Fours that they have, but they have three three national championships. It's not crazy to think that that Jay Wright can get one to two more at Jay, all. No, because his teams get better too. Like in. And I don't think he's but he's never been a big one and done guy too. So I think part of the part of the the run that him that he has is that he gets guys that stay and he's a great developer and he's a great and they do all that. I don't think it's impossible for him to, to think that he could snag up. I mean, if he gets one or two more, you're talking about putting him in the level of guys that are up way up there. I mean, he's already a Hall of Famer. He's already a legend. But you're 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 getting in rarefied air. Yeah, you get two like that. I mean, Patino's two, got two. Two's insane, but three is that. There's a there's a tier there from two to yeah, three for sure. Like one's hard, two is incredible. You get above two, like you're a different guy. Well, K has five, and I would argue he's the greatest to ever do it. Yeah, he is at five. Has to be because Roy's Roy's in his heyday too at the same time. Right. I mean, there's been three titles. But that's gonna his, be. So that's going to be really interesting because that's where I was going to take it from there is is who who are the coaches that we're going to see in programs we're going to see over the next 20 years? And I know that's almost impossible to say, but if you're looking at it at 2020 right now, you know, who are those programs that are going to continue to be where Chris Beard ends up? I'm, I'm I know giving, you're bullish on that. My hundred, that's my stock. If I could buy stock in any young guy, Tim. Okay, but he'll take a big job. But we don't even know where he's going. He's taking Texas. Shock is going to be in DePaul next year. Yeah, but is Texas a great job? It's where he's from. Is Texas Tech a great job? And he's got that place rolling. Well, yeah. I mean, they have success. But the but the but the ability's there for him to do what he wants there. Like the money's there, the the state's there, like the school. Yeah, so is Texas there. is really interesting. It really is because they have all the money in the world. Yeah, right. But the, and it's a good basketball. Athletics state. is struggling. And has been struggling for a while. So both sides. Did you see Fran Fraschillas talk about that no, the other day? I, no. It's one of the worst stretches of Texas athletics of all time. Right, because you can throw money at any of that problem. They've you got know, more money than they know what to do with, and they can't. And they throw the money at every issue, and it's just. I thought Shaka would actually be a great fit. I did Texas. Too. I thought he'd be unbelievable. He doesn't go to Texas just all of a sudden not become a good coach. It's no, just not the way it works. And his VCU teams played really, really hard too. Right, it's it's kind of like the Archie to, to IU thing. Like Dayton well, was you really see, really but good, but you see it all the time. Yeah, you just see it all the time. And but I always am like these guys don't forget how to coach basketball. They're still really good basketball minds. Yeah, there's just so many little variables that have to line up for everything to work out. That's what makes the greats insanely great. I think the the hard part about some of those guys taking jobs that are, you think are perfect places to set up for is that they recruit a level of guy. Like Mo Bamba goes in there as a one-and-done, where maybe it's you get a lower-level guy at VCU that you know you're going to have for five years. Well, I think that, yeah. And I think that you get caught up in that, like how K and Cal do Because you that. know that you have a shot at those guys yeah. now, so you start recruiting them. But yet, for sure. But yet your strength is maybe in the development of those lower three-star guys that are going to stay – it's an interesting. And the concept. VCU teams would dog walk these Texas teams. Oh, for sure. I mean, they would get in the. But those teams were a lot of fun to watch. Those yeah. VCU teams would get full in court, your ass, go. Man. That I, was they, they were like Arkansas, forty minutes of hell, an upgraded yeah. version. You know, and they were and they were good year after year. Like they they would reload. Still, it was crazy. Yeah, it was, and had good players too. I mean, good college players, really good college players. Yeah, I don't know. 
to, to me, the two guys that stand out are, are Wright and Bennett. Yeah. You know, I feel like those those two guys, and it would be fun to see them battle for a few natties down the line, too. I, I think because the, they recruit to what they want. Exactly. They, they're not going like – the great part about Coach K is like, if Zion says I'm coming to Duke, like, okay, yeah. I'm going to say no to you. Well, here, here's like, the thing. There's going to be a changing of the guard. Yeah, those guys are all up old. there. Old. Bayheim's old. Roy's old. Coach K is old. You know, you're talking about three institutes that yeah. are, are institutions that are just going And you're to. talking about some of these guys have been out Izzo, lately, too. Izzo's old, yeah. too. I mean, I mean those, Patino, when he left, too, was a big deal, too. Legit jobs opening up. Yeah. So, who fills those? How does that play into? Because so think- you think that Bennett and, and Wright are, are staying where they're at. So those guys aren't going anywhere. I think one of the most program. one of the most intriguing places is Chris Mack at Louisville, and yes. they're not on this because Louisville, Louisville will be in the next pod. Has to I'll be. be fighting for him to be. So on the there crazy if you thing don't is, agree. their AD is probably one of the greatest ADs of all time. Transitioning them from the Big Conference USA to the ACC. You talking about the dude that got fired? Yes. Yeah. But dude, put their athletics on the map. Also got that beard beard deal done too before it was like popular to do it. And that, if you've ever been to a, a game at the Yum Center, which we talk about going to Fog, and we are going to Fog next year, Carly yes. approved it. Yes. Done deal. Going to Louisville, which I just went for a Louisville Mission game, but I went to Louisville, Carolina, a couple of years ago. That place is you were telling you were telling me it was it, legit. It, it's unbelievable, and it is the most Western school in the ACC, so they can pull those Midwestern kids. That are still close to home and still playing the best league in the country. Yeah, you uh, Louisville geographically is situated pretty nice because they can come into Indiana and, and pull some kids too. And it's an awesome place to be. Right. Interesting. That, that's the next one. The third tier to me is the most interesting because there's not a ton of arguments in the first two. The third tier is where you get to a For point sure. where it's like. Uh, and I think it's also important too to say that there's not much drop off from the teams that we're talking about or the programs we're talking about from one to two to even three. You know, they those all go are up all and down. Amazing programs, amazing with crazy good tradition. You know, like we haven't talked. To, we talked about Bennett, but we haven't put them in one two. No, he's won the he's won the ACC three straight times or three times in five years and has a national title too. Right, but Virginia as a whole, yep. you know, you're you're thinking Ralph Sampson. Sampson, era. there's a big gap between you, that you, two. We're gonna have to do our homework. Like that's the thing. The the first couple are pretty. You easy. show up and drink a beer and let's go. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Now I'm gonna have to actually go and look shit up. I, I need a stat guy, man. <laughs> anybody, anybody, get me <laughs> yeah, can, he, can anybody look up some shit? We got good gear. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, Dan, I appreciate you coming down here, man. We're going to wrap this up, and then we'll we'll come back. We'll try to come back maybe uh, next week and hit that third tier and then and beyond. We don't have to do this every time either. We can we can talk about other stuff. we got plenty of things. Yeah, exactly, like your vacation photos and that Paul Pierce <laughs> halter top. So, all right, brother, I appreciate you. Well, let's go watch the rest of the NBA All-Star. All right. Thank you for listening to the 19.9 podcast with HVS, the high volume shooters. For more information, check out the blog at 19.9.com under HVS. And while you're there, do yourself a favor and pick up some retro college shorts. Till next time.